0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Amen. Well, welcome to our service this morning. Glad to see you here. Uh, Take your Bibles with me if you would. And uh, let's let's turn to Psalm 34 together. Psalm 34. If you would stand with me. Let's go to Psalm 34 and we're going to read the entire Psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they, have the righteous, uh, and, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. And Lord, as we gather around your word this morning, I pray that you would instruct us, that you would uh, guide us and teach us, that you would speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to live with a holy fear of the Lord. We ask you to bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning, I, I spoke, Concerning the fear of the Lord from the point of view of the wrath and judgment of God. We saw from Jeremiah chapter 6 that the people of Israel had grown callous concerning their relationship with God, and there was no fear of God in them. They refused to hearken to the words of the Lord, they refused to walk in his paths. They rejected the counsel and the admonitions of the Lord. And all of this we saw led to their desolation and destruction. We read last week in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 19, Here, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And I made comparisons Last week, to the deplorable state of the, of the nation of Israel in, in Jeremiah's day and to the state of our nation today. And we see many, many, many uh, likenesses. In Jeremiah's day, it was said that from the greatest to the least of them, they were all corrupt. And true today is the same. From the greatest to the least in our society today, men are corrupt. Men are are or are, are filled with greed and avarice. We see it all around us. But the saddest point of all of this is that many of God's children have fallen prey to the same attitude, to the same manner of life. And in many cases, God's children, God's very elect, live lives filled with greed and, and avarice, corrupt lives. They've turned from the Lord. They've forsaken him. They, they, They walk not in his paths. They do not hearken to his admonitions. They do not heed his word. Now this morning, however, I'd like to continue on this pathway concerning the fear of the Lord. However, this morning, I would like to look at a second application of this truth. Last week, we talked about fear being great apprehension and, 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 and being uh, troubled at the thought of peril or danger. But today I want us to look at fear in a different aspect. Another definition of fear is to hold in reverence, to express great honor and respect, to, be, to behave according to the worthiness of another. It is with this in mind this morning that I I want to frame my message. Now, before I go any further, I, I, I just want to say, I am not standing here today, and I am not trying to say that I have arrived in all of these things. I want you to know that I stand here today a sinner saved by grace. I stand here today a wretched man who deserves not the grace of God. But I'm preaching to myself today as much as I'm preaching to you. In fact, I preached this message to myself several times in the last week. You only have to hear it once. Now certainly we should fear the wrath and judgment of God. This this is absolutely true. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31, we read, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And, And you and I should have great fear. We should have great fear in our hearts as we, as we live our life in, before God. We should fear to, to live a life that dishonors him, a, a life filled with sin. We should be afraid of the wrath of God concerning those things. Yet, as our Heavenly Father, God desires that we would love him. He desires that we would honor him, cherish him throughout our life. And this is the focus of the fear of the Lord I'm speaking of today. Now, I can't speak for everyone here, but I can say that personally, I had a, I had a great relationship with my father. My father is a, is a wonderful man. A very respected man in, in his community and a very, a very God-fearing man. I had a great relationship with my father he loved me deeply and he 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 shared that with me often and in many ways and i love him deeply um but let me say this i had a i had a a righteous fear of my father my dad was a disciplinarian if you don't know what that means that means he believed in whipping uh he whipped a child when a child needed whipping now my daddy didn't beat us he, wasn't, he, he wouldn't beat a child, but he would whip us. And we knew he would whip us. Now, I was fortunate. I had an older brother and two older sisters. And, and they warned me about dad. See, I knew. And so I knew to toe the line. Every now and then I, I, I got out of line, but I knew to toe the line. But I had a fear of my father. I was afraid of, I was afraid of him. And I, I should have. I should be. And so should you. But I also honored, love, and even to this day, respect my father. There are things I would do today that I would not do because I know my father would not approve of them. And, and I, I love my father, and I, I, I fear him. But I don't fear him in, in, in a fearful way. I fear him in a respectful way. And that's the relationship we need to have with God the Father. There are certain things in life, we just should not do because God does not approve of them. Just for, for no other reason but that. What did Paul say in the scripture? He said, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but all things edify not. And there are some things that, that, that may not be unlawful for we as God's children to do, but we just shouldn't do them because God doesn't approve of them. Because they don't edify the your brother or sister, they they don't help us be better people. So we we, want to look at this fear today as a matter of respect, as a matter of honor. Now, as with all matters of life, the Word of God gives us direction concerning living our life in the fear of the Lord. So let us hear the counsel of God's Word this morning. This morning I want to share with us how do we honor and reverence God. Now this is important. We are to have a fear of the Lord. And, and, and not not just only for the wrath that can come, but we're to have a, a, a respect. We're to honor God with our life. So how can we do this? Well, let me share two things with you. Number one, we honor and respect God when we serve him. When we serve Him, I'd like for you to turn with me to First Samuel chapter twelve, please. First Samuel chapter twelve, and we're going to hear the counsel of Samuel as inspired by the Lord. First Samuel chapter twelve. Oh, maybe it'd help if I turn there, right? First Samuel chapter twelve, and we'll begin at verse number 20. 1 Samuel chapter 12, beginning at verse number 20. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. That's a very comforting thought, by the way. That the Lord will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He is with us at all times. Now he may chastise us, but he will never forsake us. Let's read on. Because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good And the right way. Now what is the good and right way? Here it is. Verse 24. Only fear the Lord. And serve him in truth. With all your heart. For consider how great things. He hath done. For you. You see the counsel of Samuel. He said I'm going to teach you. What you ought to do. And here's what he says. Fear the Lord. And serve him. In truth. Now what is the motivation to serve him? For consider how great things he had done for you. Joshua said in chapter 24 of his book, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now, in order to understand the admonition Given to us by Joshua and Samuel, we must define what is meant when they say, serve him. Now, most of the time when you talk to a Christian about serving God, their mind immediately goes to some work or some labor in the church, right? Someone comes to you and says, are you serving God? You think, well, yeah, I sing in the choir, Uh, I'm an usher, yeah, I, I mow the lawn every Saturday... Yeah, I, I, I drain and clean and refill the baptistry tank. Huh? Oh, yeah, I play the piano. Yeah, I lead the choir. Yeah, I sing. Oh, I lead the singing. But is that what they mean when they're talking about serve the Lord? Listen, they're not discussing a servile attitude. Now, we should have an attitude of service. And we should, we should seek to find things to do in the church. When I got saved 37 years ago and started attending church, and my wife is sitting right back there, so I can't lie. When we started attending church, I started looking for things to do. I wanted jobs. I wanted to do something. I I, I wanted to be an usher. I asked about being an usher. But at the time, I had long hair and, and a beard. And so they were very nervous because... It was, the church was very small at that time, and the, and the pastor was afraid to say something because he thought I'm gonna, he's going to get offended and he's going to leave. So he told the head usher, he said, his name was Mike Groh. He said, Mike, you get out there and you tell him if he wants to be an usher, he have got to cut his hair and shave his beard. And Mike came walking up to me, and I could tell he was nervous. And after about five minutes of idle talk, he, he said, well, you know, if you'd like to be an usher, we have requirements. And here they are. And he told me, I said, okay, no problem. I went down the next week, I got a haircut, shaved my beard. I didn't have my full beard anymore, but I shaved what I did have. And uh, showed up the next Sunday, and clean shaven, clean cut. Because I wanted to serve the Lord. And anything I had to give up to do that was fine. Then we had a song leader who left the church, and the pastor looked at me that they said, well, tomorrow you need to leave singing. I said, I need to what? He said, you need to leave singing. I said, listen, do you understand when I was a boy, I, I went, my mother brought me down to the church to join the boys' choir. And, and after rehearsal, the, the the pastor of that church walked up to her and said, maybe he can do something else. I, had, I didn't have a piano player. The, the one I had only knew one song. Every song we sang, we sang to that same tune. Down at the cross, where my glory died. That's the same, same, same tune to every song. But I wanted to serve the Lord. But I'm not talking about that today. When I, when I say that we need to serve him, I'm not talking about some, some labor in the church. Although we, we need that. And every one of you should pray and seek to find something you can do here in the, in the house of the Lord. Every one of you. But that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about serving God. I'm not talking about that servile attitude. Rather, I'm talking about an attitude that comes from a precious relationship. I, I love my wife, and, and I, I serve my wife. I do a lot of things for her, and you know why I do them? I do them because I love her. And she does things for me. She serves me because she loves me. Right, babe? You do love me, right? Uh, Okay. I don't serve her. I don't do the things I do for my wife because I want some favor or because I want her to treat me back the same way. I serve her because I love her. And my love for her compels me to serve her. To do things for her. And our love for God should do the same. We're to serve God. So, how do we serve Him? If we're, if we're not talking about some labor in the church, then what are you talking about? Serve God. How do you want me to serve Him? Well, let me share some things with you. And this these three things are not exhaustive, but these are these are three things that I see in the Word of God. If we want to serve him, we need to do, first of all, we serve him by our worship, letter A. By our worship. John chapter 4. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh, seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. True, sincere, heartfelt worship is indeed part of our service to the Lord. For according to Jesus, the Father seeks to be worshipped in this way. God is a spirit, which means that he, God, is not limited to a body. He is not confined to a temple made by hands. When I was a boy, I, I grew up in a certain religion, I won't mention it. But I was, we were taught that at a certain season of the year, there was a huge, giant candle. And we were taught that when that candle was lit, that God was in the room. Now, being the mischievous boy I was, I thought, well, if I don't want God here, do I just go blow out the candle? God is not confined to a a body. He's not confined to a building made by hands. He's not constrained by any laws of science or physics. God is the spirit, Jesus said. And what did he mean by that? He's everywhere. We don't don't have to go to a certain place to worship God. Although, on on the Lord's day, we should be in his house to fellowship and worship him together. But we don't have to be in a certain place to worship God. That's what Jesus was telling this this lady. God is the spirit, and we can worship him (laughs) at all times and in all places. And that's what we should do. We must worship him in his excellent glory, with a constant awareness of his power, with a constant awareness of his presence and his purpose. Sometimes we forget about God, don't we? If, if we'll be honest, we'll admit, sometimes we forget about God. And we're living our life and we're so busy with what we're doing that God just kind of slips out of our mind, and all of a sudden maybe we'll come to him and we'll say, oh, wait a minute, I shouldn't be doing this. Because we suddenly become aware of God's presence. But God is always present. He's always with you. And if we are going to honor him, if we are going to reverence him, if we're going to respect him, then we need to be in a state of worship of him at all times, everywhere, on the job, in the store, wherever we may be, worship God in our heart <laughs> and in our mind with with sincerity, truly, sincerely love him, and, and honor him, <coughs> and respect him. And in truth, not, not for what we can gain, but for his greatness and his glory. We're to worship him. We serve the Lord by our worship, and then secondly, <laughs> we serve the Lord by our compassion. Oh yeah, our service our service to God includes worship, but it also includes compassion. Turn with me now, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter twenty-five. Matthew chapter (laughs) twenty-five. And we're going to read, beginning at verse number thirty four. We read here, Then said the king, Say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, When saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Do you understand now what I say when I say that by our compassion, we, we, we honor and, and respect the Father. This is where it becomes a bit sticky for some believers. We like to think of service to God involving us doing some physical labors for the church, but do not burden us with these private issues. But we must realize that this is what God demands of us. In Psalm 133 and verse 1, the Bible states, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But you don't know, but they come along and they'll say, But you don't know what they did to me. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to dislike them. Well, in Matthew chapter 18... The Lord said, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. That's four hundred and ninety times. If you can forgive someone four hundred and ninety times, I guarantee you, you can forgive them four hundred and ninety one times. Listen, do you want God to put a limit on how many times he'll forgive you? You want God to say, oh, that's number eight. Sorry, no more forgiveness for you. No, we don't want that. Because I guarantee you, in 37 years of, of being a Christian, I've needed God's forgiveness way more than 490 times. And so have you. If you'll be honest, this is God's command to us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You see, we honor God when we show compassion to each other. When we, when we live a life loving one another, then we demonstrate our honor and respect to God, who is our father. And by the way, he's my father, but he's your father too. And I don't know about you, when you grow up, but my daddy would not tolerate his children fighting and arguing. He wouldn't put up with it. it, it how many parents here, raise your hand? Even if your kids are grown and gone, they're still your kids. huh? Doesn't it, doesn't it bother you when you see your kids arguing and fighting and disagreeing? And Doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that trouble you? Sure it does. And more so God. Because he's more righteous than we. We honor God when we serve him. We honor God by our compassion. But then thirdly, Let her see, by our humility. How do we honor and reverence the Father? By our humility. I'm going to ask you to turn again. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And begin at verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, It is indeed easy to humble ourselves before the Lord. I don't think any of us in this room would have a hard time understanding that we need to be humble before God. But when I say we honor God by our humility, I'm not talking about by our humility to God. I'm talking about by our humility with one another. Between brother and sister. Humility. Look closely at verse 5. Here Paul writes, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh yes, Jesus humbled himself. The creator God. He humbled himself. But not only did he humble himself before the Father concerning his will. Now listen to me. But he humbled himself before sinful flesh. He humbled himself before men. He allowed himself to be despised and rejected of men. He allowed himself to be tempted and tried. He allowed himself to be falsely accused. He allowed himself to be beaten and crucified. And through all of this, he never uttered a word in his defense. He obeyed the Father's will and he humbled himself. But Let someone dare question our character. Let someone dare not appreciate what we have done. Years ago, this person is no longer here, but he was a deacon in the church. And someone didn't show him what he considered to be his due respect as a deacon. And he came to me, and he was incensed. And I looked at him and said, Who art thou, brother? Who are you that you should be exalted above all men? Did not the Lord say, Let each esteem other better than himself? What did David, anybody remember what David said? When David was fleeing the city and he was being chased by, um, what was his name? No, not Saul. No, not Jonathan. The guy up on the hill throwing stones at him. Uh, Abishai, was it? No, not Abishai. Huh? I don't know. But anyway, it's not in my notes. But he was leaving the city and, and a man was running along the hillside yelling, Go up, thou bloody man, throwing rocks at the king. Go up, thou bloody man. And David's general, Joab, says, David, you want me to go cut that that dog's head off up there? David said, yeah, get on up there and take care of him for me, would you? No, that's not what David said. What did he say? Leave him alone. David said it might be that God sent him to chastise me. See, David, the king, humbled himself in that situation. And didn't, didn't call upon his pride and his, He just, he became humble. What is true Bible humility? I read this. In the Bible, humility or humbleness is a quality of being courteously respectful to others. It is the opposite of aggressiveness, arrogance, boastfulness, and vanity. Rather than me first, humility allows us to say, no, you first, my friend. Humility is a quality that lets us go more than halfway to meet the needs and demands of others. That is true Bible humility. In short, humility is submission to another regardless of one's superiority. You might, you might be smarter, you might be, you might be stronger, you might be more equipped, but humility causes you to submit to another rather than exalt yourself. When we learn humility for each other, we're serving God. So first, we honor and reverence God when we serve him. And by serving him, I'm not talking about a physical labor. I'm talking about our our attitude and our, our lifestyles. We serve him with our life. But then, number two, we honor and reverence God when we, number two, obey him. When we obey him. Turn with me, please, now to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And we'll read verses 13 and 14. These are the words of Solomon. We read here, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Solomon... Though the book of Ecclesiastes is all vanities, Solomon in his wisdom told us, Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Now the fear of God includes all the graces of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what we call it. To fear God is to possess love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. and Not only to possess them, but the exercise of them. We're to show love to one another. We're to, we're to find joy in the, in the companionship of each other. We're to dwell at peace with all men. We're to be gentle and kind to those around us. We're to show goodness to all that have need. We're to walk and live by faith, not by sight. We're to be meek and humble before each other. And we're to be temperate. Patient. Not flying off the handle. Not given to to anger or wrath. But temperate in all things. Reverence of God is showing love to him. Expressing our love to God, not with our words, which are empty, but by our actions. Reverence of God is seen in our faith in him. Trusting that the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. Believing that God gives us all that we need. I like what Jason was talking about at 10. 10. Working. Yeah, we ought to work. The Bible says if a man does not work, he should not eat. We ought to be we ought to be industrious people. We ought to we ought to work. No one on your job should should be more loyal or faithful than you. If you're a believer, you have a testimony of God to give on the job. Be early, work late, without pay. I arrive at my job six AM every morning. I do that mainly so I can beat the traffic in. But I get there at 6. I start working. I don't clock in until 6.30. My boss, my manager has often told me, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear you did that. I told her, I said, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit in traffic, so I'll get here early. I'm going to work. I'm not going to sit here and do nothing. But that's how God's people ought to be. We ought to be industrious. made me lose my spot. reverence of God is having is living a life that glorifies his son Jesus Christ the fear of the Lord includes the hope of eternal life which we have in God our father and, and that's not a hope that we hope for that's a hope that's sure I will awaken in the presence of the king and so will you if you're born again the fear of the Lord is, is humility of soul. We've already discussed that. Listen, don't go around saying, I, I, I should get what I deserve. Oh, Really? Do you want what you deserve? Stop and think about that for a moment. Do you want God to give you what you deserve? Because what you deserve is to burn in hell for all eternity. That's what you deserve. Oh, wretched man that we are. Sinful in our vain imaginations, constantly. We like to wake up on Sunday morning, put our finest clothes on, come sit in a pew sing and say amen and and praise the Lord. We love to do that, but all the while in our heart, what are we? I'll get to that in a minute. Fear Fear of God is patience and submission to his will. Obedience to the whole will of God in the fruit, effect, and evidence of the fear of the Lord, and includes all the commandments of God. And let us not forget, obedience to the will and word of God comes before even service or sacrifice. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22, And Samuel said, (laughs) Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken Than the fat of rams. Now, neither Samuel nor I am saying that we do not need to serve the Lord. We do need to serve God. And we're not saying that we do not need to live sacrificially before the Lord. We do need to live sacrificially. However, what good is service without obedience? And what good is sacrifice without submission to God? There are countless numbers today who outwardly live by rules and standards of conduct, but inwardly, They are as far from God as possible. Matthew chapter 23, the Lord says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, (coughs) hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Do you see that? All spruced up on the outside, but dead as can be inside. And this comes from a life lived without a fear of the Lord. We must live our life in obedience to God's word. And by doing this, we will live a life that will glorify God. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we read, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again in Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If we live with the fear of the Lord, then we will obey the Lord. And this will lead us to live our life in service to the Lord. And Christ will be magnified in our bodies. And he will glorify himself through our life. So what say ye today, Christians? Are you living in the fear of the Lord in the midst of this world? And are you living with a fear of the Lord in your daily life? Listen, again, I, I'm not saying that I know all of this perfectly and, and live it all perfectly. I, I don't. If I stood here today and told you I don't struggle in these areas, I'd be a liar. Because we all do. We all struggle in a disciplined walk for Christ. And, and we try as, as, as best we can, but we all fail. But that doesn't mean that, that we have to give up. It doesn't mean that we quit. What do we do? Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and looking unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We keep going. Amen? Parents, you're going to mess up raising your children. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. And let's work together. And, it's, and go on. <laughs> Husbands, you're going to upset your wife. Believe me. You're going to upset your wife. Just... Just go to her and say, I'm sorry. I messed up. Will you please forgive me? Here's the checkbook. I can do that because there's nothing in the checkbook. <laughs> no, go to her and, and just say, I'm sorry. And, and, and go on. Wife, same thing. You mess up, don't be afraid to walk up to your husband and just say, look, I'm sorry. I messed up. I made a mistake. Just get this behind us and go on. Be honest on the job, employees. Your boss already knows you messed up. Just tell just admit it. Huh? Your brothers and sisters here in the church. You offend someone, go to them and say I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I messed up and go on. The fear of the Lord, love and honor God. We we honor and and and, and reverence the Father when we serve him and when we serve Him by serving each other. And we honor and reverence Him when we obey Him. Whatever He tells us to do, with joy and with submission and and, and humility, do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. For as Paul stated, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Lord, if it were not for your grace, we could, never, we could never please you. We couldn't even know you. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy. The fact that you don't give us what we deserve. You don't give us the judgment and the justice that we deserve. But you have forgiven us. You have cleansed us from all sin. And Father, as as Joshua said, serve the Lord in sincerity and truth, for consider what great things he hath done. And Lord, when we stop and consider all that you have done and will do for us, then Lord, we know that we must love you, we must honor you, we must reverence you at every moment of our life and in every aspect of our life. So, in order to do this, Lord, we need you, we need you, we need your strength. We cannot do this without you. So, Lord, we pray that you would instruct us and that you would, you would fill us with your power, your spirit, that we might walk worthy of you in all things. Thank you, Lord, for all that are here today. I pray that this message would have been received in the spirit it was given. And I pray, Lord, that we would apply it to our hearts and that we would strive to live a life in the fear of the Lord. Thank you for this day. Now we ask you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Roanoke Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert park california 94928 additionally you may visit us on the world wide web at www.bebaptist.org